Welcome back to this week's installment of Expand Your Mind and Be Kind. Thanks for joining Ryan and I on our adventure, and I hope everyone enjoys our episode. Thank you. So this week's quote, Eric Schmidt. The internet is the first thing that humanity has built that humanity doesn't understand. It's the largest experiment in anarchy we've ever had. His name is Jim and he's got a little bit of everything that you need. Buenas tardes. Oh, como estas, amigo? Ah, más o menos, ¿y tú? Ah, así, así. Estoy muy borracho. <laughs> Sus gatos borrachos. Sí, siempre, amigo, siempre. Um... So, today's discussion will be around a really good show called Blarkinson, and uh, if you have not seen it, it is hailed as a pretty decent show uh, right. from, from Game Radar in 2020. Um, uh, so, yeah. Correction, it was Gay Radar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. Um, but I digress. Uh, what we're going to really talk about today is the internet and how Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk are teaming up to take over the world the and, yeah, and, and space. the world and space and uh, electric cars and shipping. All of it. Actually, I think, if anything, they're like sworn enemies. Yeah, they are. Like, and Jeff Bezos is no longer the CEO of the company, too. Right, so he can't talk. Just yeah, he's, he still he still pulls strings. He's still the the one of the richest men in the world. What is Elon Musk's new title? Oh, Lord, Lord, something Electric Lord. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. He is, yeah, so he dropped his chief executive job title and crowned himself Techno King of Tesla. <laughs> of uh, course. Yeah. So uh, he's re- still retaining his position uh, as chief within the company, the SEC has informed. But anyway, I thought that was funny. Uh, like, he, people, like, people go up to Elon and they're like, Elon, you're such a good CEO. And he's like, uh uh uh. Techno king. Yeah. It's like, techno, ugh. Techno king of Tesla. Or tot. <laughs> That's tot. Um, okay, so. Starlink. Yeah, so Starlink is. Uh, it, it's a scheme by the. Uh, all of the companies in Silicon Valley to rig our elections. Mind control. <laughs> to plant tiny microchips. Um, oh, speaking of that, really quick, I'll do one more digression. <laughs> we can actually talk about what we were going to talk about. Um, Bill Gates was doing uh, an interview about his new book, How to Stop a Climate Disaster. And someone asked him, they're like, hey, what do you what do you have to say about all these people that are saying that you're trying to take over the world and, uh, you know, plant tiny microchips in people and that you helped make the vaccine and all this kind of stuff. And he goes, he goes, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure out like what I would even do with that data. Like I, even if I wanted to do that, I have no idea what, how that would benefit me whatsoever. So if you figure that out, let me know. I just thought it was kind of a like tongue in cheek way to answer that question. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Starlink. Jim, what is Starlink? Starlink 
is a game that you can play on your phone where you uh, you just simply drag stars together in little groups until you have big groups of them and you get bigger groups. And then the point is to get certain patterns and uh, win the game. But you can't win the game unless you buy these microtransaction things uh, that help speed up the process. You can get them for a low, low price of $99.99, low, low price. And yeah, <laughs> it's a great way to uh, pass the afternoon. But in, nice. in <laughs> all realness, uh, Starlink is Elon Musk's brainchild. Uh, it's being kind of over, uh, SpaceX is overseeing it, but it's a very ambitious proce- uh, project that plans to put, uh, I think, 46,000 or 42,000, sorry, satellites up in the next like five five to ten years depending on how fast they can get them up to allow for massive broadband access to the entire every single part of the entire world complete and utter access <laughs> to those cows Ble- complete right. and utter access exactly um, so I want to get your thoughts on, so do you know when this first started? I think the project itself started like back in the idea started like back in like 2002 or something crazy, but uh, it wasn't until I think 2019 that SpaceX launched its first ones. But since then, I think they've got, uh, don't quote me on this. I think they have like four thousand satellites up right now. It's it's yeah. a decent amount. Like they 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 are offering the service for like a, a price now. Like it's 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 being offered on the market. Um, and but really the I think the only people that are purchasing it right now are people like in rural, first world countries essentially, that live in rural places that don't have easy access to fiber optic cables it's it's pretty decent high-speed internet right now it's still got uh service gaps because the coverage isn't amazing yet so not competitive yet but elon musk's plan is to get speeds of up to a gig a second or even faster with lower latency than traditional uh, ground cables, and this is done by placing the satellites 60 times closer than the current satellite distance from our Earth, which is wild. Like, I don't know the exact uh, altitude that they're going to be at, but they're much, much, much closer than normal satellites. And so when you have a blanket of it around the, around the entire world, you can have instant access to information uh i do know that uh this would be a very important thing for uh the economy like for for trading because the 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 speed has such a good would potentially have such good latency which latency is like uh the stability of the packet and like how fast it can travel roughly um you can like day traders like the stock market, people who run the stock market will have access to information just just slightly faster than stuff that has to run through the underground or undersea cables, you know? Even though it's fiber optics, it's going to be faster. And so, therefore, they're just going to use Starlink instead of the undersea cables and, therefore, like, making them irrelevant. So one thing that I in kind of surprised by but also confused by is how does the atmosphere affect this coverage because i remember like watching satellite tv with friends growing up that had satellite dishes and if it was raining or there was overcast they would just not have they would not have tv (laughs) so apparently uh, it's 
this is not going to be a problem for the space or the Starlink satellites because of the distance they're they're at now. The signal strength and the signal frequency is strong enough that simple cloud cover won't keep out ah, the signal. Okay. Yeah, like, I, this I was is... going to say that'd be a huge fu to people in Seattle or places where it's like overcast and raining. Right. <laughs> no, they definitely they they thought of that. Um, it's just it's wild because, and I think this this leads into maybe something else we can talk about. Uh, if this this is unregulated and like let to be free, let let happen what may happen. SpaceX could literally monopolize the the internet. Like yeah, they, they would. That's concerning to me. <laughs> right. Um, not not just for an access point, but like it, if they just decided, hey, we're gonna shut off, and how much of an interference that would have for other satellite signals. I know that one thing that I did read about for this particular project is that a satellite can become disabled, um, and if it can't be controlled or moved, then it can actually break apart. And that debris can knock other satellites either out of orbit or uh, off of trajectory and make them unusable. I'm thinking if you have 42,000 of them, I mean, don't get me wrong, Earth's atmosphere is pretty substantial compared to how the, the size of these satellites. But I mean, the probability if you have that many of them, I know currently there are even at least a handful of the ones they've already deployed that are not working. So I, I just wonder mm -hmm. who cleans that up, who goes up to repair it. Um, mm -hmm. How smooth is that? Like, are we going to leverage the international space station? I don't know. There are just a lot of questions about that, that, that could create some pretty substantial issues. Um, but beyond that, just the simple fact of being able to monopolize service itself um, that would allow them to set the price at whatever they want. Um, yeah. And, and there's a lot of implicit power. Yeah. There as well. So, so I wonder at some point if I, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but there, there are actually advances in like sending electricity through air, like air particles and that Wi-Fi like a, a type of internet could essentially work that same way where there would be these beacons essentially deployed kind of like cell phone towers kind of, and that internet signal or uh, Wi-Fi could be sent that way as well. Um, I don't know how fast that would be or any data around it, but I've heard that that, that could be a, a possibility too. Have you, are you familiar with that? Not, I'm just learning. I have to see if I can find the articles that I read, but it was something that they're kind of pioneering, you know, like the whole wireless charging and stuff like that for cell phones. Mm -hmm. It's it's similar technology to that where it, like the thing doesn't actually have to touch the battery. It can just be near it. And Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I have, I have heard of this. Like basically it, it would like, you would no longer need to have physical wiring right. in homes. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. 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 Sorry. That took me a second. No, that's okay. So I just wonder, you know, if, the, if that is an alternative, um, it, would there be companies looking to invest to do something like that? So it's not as intrusive and, and whatever else to, you know, uh, another thing is astronomers that look for potentially dangerous uh, objects in, uh, near earth like asteroids and different things like that if their vision of that is obscured by a bunch of little tiny satellites that that can be concerning too but even the ability to launch into space i mean if you've got a lot of satellites flittering around everywhere um, i would imagine that it'd become pretty difficult to have successful space launches or you'd have to plan around where the satellites were going to be at any given point. It would be pretty touchy, especially unmanned. Right. 
I feel like that is some that's going to be like that is not is going to be that is a current growing pain of space, right? Like it's a largely unregulated untouched place for us and things like that are going to have to catch up otherwise you're going to have corporations or you know private entities that are going to take advantage of lack of regulations and something shitty may arise from that like our night sky might be blotted out by satellites floating around or like orbiting earth you know yeah that's actually that's actually one of the controversies about uh starlink is uh you know 42,000 satellites constantly uh orbiting around earth 60 times closer than the, the ones currently are you're going to have you're not going to be able to see the night sky in the same way yeah i mean even beyond that that's just the amount of satellites that are used for starlink i mean aside from any other satellites they want to deploy so right I don't know. I think it's a cool idea. I think it's interesting to think about. I think there are a lot of issues with, yeah, space being a little bit, yeah, it's not only unregulated, but I feel like there's, at what point does something become a security risk too? I mean, yeah, supposedly, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but like, what if Russia or China or another country sees, I mean, we can say they're Starlink satellites, you know, whatever, but then they deploy spy satellites and some other stuff like weapons grade type things. Um, And then you've got kind of unnecessary international conflict and then there's general skepticism and um i don't know i just feel like unchecked could create a lot of a lot of problems well and i think jumping off from that too like we historically like to compete over land and holdings and and space could be a new vehicle for conflict in our world and the last thing we you know need control is of star wars <laughs> <laughs> or do we or, or maybe we do um <laughs> but yeah no i feel like there's so many far-reaching things that this brings to light an overwhelmingly powerful vehicle that connects all of us that would be held in one company's hands uh it like monopolies are dangerous no matter what form they take also you know you're you get into arguments about like maybe privacy and transparency when the whole world is connected via satellite yeah instant like and then our night sky you know is it is it going to be impacted by all of this is it worth losing for the sake of it i the i don't interesting questions to think about i i don't i don't think anything is inherently bad like i i well that's not true <laughs> i think there are quite a few <laughs> things that are inherently bad but i think something like this is not a malicious project. It is not like, I I don't think people and, and maybe there are people out there that do think this, but I don't think the original intent is let's control the world. Let's uh, monopolize this. It's like, no, we want to give access to everybody. We want to give good speeds to everyone. Um, It's just, The other thing that I think about with something like this is, yeah, maybe Elon is the brains behind this operation now, but who's to say he doesn't sell off his shares to Tesla and SpaceX 
10 or 15 years down the road and decide, well, I just want to go live on a beach somewhere. I mean, he's not necessarily the definition of stability. He's kind of an erratic Mm -hmm. human being. And so I, I just, I find it difficult to believe that in the wrong hands, this is a good idea. (laughs) Right. Um, But anyway, that's, that's my general skepticism about just, way that things are going lately so maybe that's that's just coming out in that in that way but i feel you there brother man um so let's talk a little bit about just the internet in general because i think this kind of speaks to maybe even a, a little broader of a of a topic too about what impact do you think something like this brings to the table with a regulation concern for like, I mean, cause social media has been kind of brought front and center on a lot of these privacy issues. And um, are you incentivizing um, kind of fanaticism and sensationalism and like all these different kinds of things to draw attention to your platform because that's how you make money. Um, Mm -hmm. Are you writing AI scripts and programs to, I mean, they're, they're really just being doing what they've been programmed to do. So they're not at this point, sentient beings that are making decisions autonomously. Um, What kind of a role do you think the government in general, or just a, a regulatory body has with our interactions with the internet? Well, I mean, I think it is the the government because let's be honest, the private sector doesn't really regulate themselves. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to um, be like, you know what? I think go- things are going a little too. We're making too much money. Guys, I think we need to slow things down. Got to rein it in for the good of humanity here. <laughs> um. So. And I know that's a really yeah, loaded question, is. so feel free to interpret it yeah. however you want or answer it however you I like. Think, I think uh, there needs to be um, updates, make major updates to how we regulate. Because, I mean, there, I mean, there is the, like, Amazon and uh, Google, Apple, they're all... And Twitter, like I mean, but Twitter's a subsidiary of of Facebook, so like they're all trying to like m- moderate their services, but nobody moderates them, <laughs> right? And so it's it's like I think our our government does not do like they were they're pretty hands-off about it especially um what was that legislation that was passed um that that pretty much made it so that like people could be chart prorated for websites that was a huge controversy like four years ago um i know net, net neutrality was like a big topic net neutrality. but i don't know if that's exactly what yeah. you're talking about that that's what I was talking about. Well, didn't that allow people to like throttle your data? Like they could internet providers or it, they they could say like potentially yeah, we'll yeah. Just charge you whatever rates we want, and then we can also throttle your speeds and all that kind of thing. So it was kind of like it just it just released regulation, yeah, that's like relinquishing power of you know whatever mm-hmm. they can do whatever the hell they want kind of thing. All right. So I think. The FCC, that's the Federal Communications Commission, it needs to. Be, I don't, I just think there needs to be like a a reassessment of a lot of the things happening because there's some big stuff happening. You know, the internet is inter- integrating into everything in our lives. Shit, it's inter- integrating into our refrigerators. Right, and <laughs> like, and I mean, like, look at some of those cameras. I mean. Like, uh, not GoPros, <laughs> but I think GoPros could be something. But um, the rings and all those different kinds of uh, home security cameras and different things, there's right. been tons of hacking in those cameras lately. 
because they have little to no security. And so, yeah, um, th- that's not necessarily the internet, but I mean, it's connected to the internet in a lot of ways. And so like, how do you approach that? What, what makes sense? I mean, person chose to surveil them. It's funny. Like, uh, I can't remember who said this, but it was a couple of weeks ago. I heard on, uh, I think it was a YouTube video I was watching. They said, you know, it's kind of ironic that people used to be really, uh, like they wanted to fly under the radar and they, they were afraid the government was watching them and all this kind of stuff. And now they're putting cameras in their own home that are connected to the internet that people are hacking into and are able to watch them whenever they want. <laughs> right. I just, just thought that was kind of funny and ironic. That's sweet irony. Um, to, to go back to your point about the government and their role, I mean, it, Congress has shown in all these interviews that they've done I, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are exceptions to the rule, but there have been quite a few that have even shown they have a very, a, a huge lack of even fundamental understanding of how the internet works, how Facebook works, how Twitter works. Like they don't even understand what the platforms are. So how could they introduce legislation or encourage a regulatory body like the FCC, like you mentioned, how could they do that with an informed perspective that would be irresponsible because I'm all for not regulating speech, right? Like I don't want somebody to go in and say like, Oh, you said, you know, F the police or something like that. So I'm going to delete your tweet or, or whatever. But I think there is, there, there are limitations to freedom of speech. um, And, and I think those should be enforced. Who does that? I mean, that's a good question. There's so much stuff on the internet that would take so much time. I mean, unless you're running uh, AI scripts to automatically block things that people type in um, that then, then people interpret that as like a censorship state. And then it's like, Oh, well now we've devolved into communism and all this kind of stuff. So I, I don't know. I, what, what do you think about like, what, what should the role be? I understand that there is a huge problem laid out in front, but but what do you think? Do you, do you think education about how the platforms work on a wide scale is is important? Do you think that's even necessary? Because um, I'm just trying to think if you're trying to regulate something, you have to understand what you're regulating. Like if you're wanting to regulate behavior, is that's different than I'm wanting to regulate something like speech or, or those different kinds of things. So I don't know. What what do you think about that as far as like how we can well, become a more informed body to be able to make those uh, kinds of I mean, I mean tra- uh, for like requiring transparency could be one thing, which is kind of a big broad statement, but kind of bringing it home to what we've been talking about with like Starlink and like the overreaching like implications that has for like a mass monopoly or like a sudden ability to control the internet. Um, I think, you know, there has to be, (sighs) it's always a double-edged sword, you know? Right. The FCC should just have more power, you know, it should just be a bigger organization that has more overreaching power, but then you start getting into, (laughs) you start getting into like bloated argument, like bloated government arguments, you know, like, too much federal power kind of stuff. Yeah. But but I, I think it, with so many things, it's all about like balance. And I don't think the regulatory bodies are balanced with the new stuff that's constantly progressing. So you think we need to maybe and, update the model then? Okay. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and interject power where necessary. And I know we're like talking in very like broad general terms. Well, yeah, but, but... I mean, we we don't know <laughs> the intricacies right. of we really, how those yeah, companies we... work. So there's no way that right. Yeah. I I do not know how the FCC conducts its business yeah. <laughs> for the most part. But um, I think the world of the fu- of the future is large is going is tech driven, and the people holding the reins are the is big tech. Yeah. And so uh I'm I'm 
and this goes on to a whole nother topic, but I'm, I'm kind of for the, you know, enforcing the, the, the non or enforcing the anti-monopoly rules we have, you know, like companies like Facebook shouldn't be allowed to be as big as they are because they, they, get too powerful and they start to become above the law or yeah or they're just and, so and, complex well and or they're so complex because they have so many different things going on it becomes difficult to even know where to put your attention regulate. or regulate yeah exactly i mean that's and that just goes that's a whole other topic like how all those mega tech corporations don't really pay shit for taxes because they you know the loopholes they've kind of taken advantage of or slash the deals they've taken advantage of to incentivize progress and and you know advancing alternate energies and stuff like uh, there's a lot there. oh, there's yeah. so much well, we can, I mean there. we can have a follow up episode but, about that but I, one one final thing I want to get your thoughts on before we segue out of the whole like regulation part of it is I've thought a lot about subscription fees and how some of the issues that we encounter could be resolved by introducing subscription fees for social media platforms. And for that matter, anything that requires any sort of a community or social interaction um, on, on a broad scale like Facebook or Twitter or something like that. Because A, it would reduce incentives to uh, create bots or like fake accounts or troll accounts. Um, And also, I I feel like you're more accountable for what you do and what you say because, I mean, you're not going to create five different Facebook accounts with bogus names or whatever uh, to, to do stuff with. What do you think about that? Right. As a as an approach um, to not, not regulation, but just adding a little bit more responsibility a, to the platform. I feel like that would that's a good place to start. I mean, it could sure. even be something like five ninety nine um, a month, or like some nominal fee that's not going to break well, people's. Well, we know that we know that like tech corporate corporate tech loves subscriptions, so why yeah. not? <laughs> We already buy the Netflix, Spotify, Amazon Prime, you know, Hulu, throw it all in there. Because, I mean, there there are so but, many. I mean, I guess that decreases the desire for certain companies to advertise in the platform because then that reduces the amount of users because there will be people inevitably that will not pay the fee and will go off the platform. Right. But I feel like Facebook has, like, driven itself into a – not great place from a like a social perspective well, because of all the controversy and things that have gone on um, in the elections recently. Well, and, and, like and that. I think Facebook is just facing the inevitability. You know, it was the it's the their their it, it so their mo- Facebook never would have advanced to what it is today if it had been a subscription service like my that free allure and also the the insane plat like gr- platform it set up for marketing it came at a yeah. cost you know like and that that's kind of coming due right. now <laughs> that that we've it is such a huge thing and we're all involved in it and the dark secrets you know have emerged that I mean, a lot of people kind of knew of anyway, but like you, it's you can't do it forever, and I don't think it's it's a sustainable model. Agreed. I I think it's like almost so, come to the. It's almost like when you have, your you created something. It's like in those monster movies or something where you're, you have a scientist toying in a lab with a few molecules or something, and they create this <laughs> like little creature, and then the creature becomes bigger and bigger and bigger before it turns into a Godzilla-like thing. And they're like, I don't know how to control this anymore. And I think that could potentially be where they're at. Is like, I don't even know really what to do to like 
change it's, it's things a monster or make them different it exactly it, it it is uncontrollable there's so many hands in it right now there's so much money in it like even if facebook wanted to they really couldn't write it in yeah i think it just needs to be dissolved and broken up like you said the isn't it isn't like antitrust laws isn't that what what that is yeah yeah, it's the yeah that's the official term for it uh but it's basically it's to keep you when you have that much like money and power in one spot like almost nothing good whatever comes of it and it's not good for the economy either i mean it so and and i know that was that was a big talking thing before you know, that's been that's been a, a recurring thing. Break up Facebook, break up Facebook, and then, and then Facebook, Facebook bottles every time. And... <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Oh, like, I'm gonna buy Instagram for whatever, like five billion dollars or nope, whatever. We're gonna buy another one. And then they bought. Did they buy WhatsApp this... too? Yeah. Oh yeah, they own Facebook. Generally speaking, owns social yeah. media. Almost every and and that's their goal. The, like that was, that was the goal. It was to keep swallowing up the smaller fish to get bigger, to more be, to increase profitability, to increase the 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 end of the day gross product. Like it's what any natural course of a corporation is: is to get bigger, beat out competition, and capitalism. Win. And yes, capitalism. And and we all know that unregulated, unrestrained capitalism goes yep. bad places it definitely has a potential to you know <laughs> back in the industrial in the industrial revolution when a lot of heavy industry was unregulated unchecked it abused the fuck out of people and uh the you know it, the population of workers it had like whatever it may be it was abusive it was abusive to the earth to the people and everything and that's kind of you're seeing that in different ways today with these massive mega corporations that largely aren't regulated yeah so i think it just it, we need to catch up to the times yes cannot that. agree more we could talk forever about this too um and i know that wasn't Literally. initially our focus for the episode but i think it was useful conversation around just regulation in general for technology because we we haven't really spent a lot of time as a society talking about this at scale like there are conversations going on about this but i feel like it's important to to be thinking about how our data is being used and all those different kinds of things um so bringing it back to starlink all in all um i think i think it's a really neat idea i think it's it's uh it sounds like a viable solution to the internet but yeah i mean as with anything that's ambitious like that there are downsides but what what right. what do you It'll think overall about that after talking through it a little more i think uh starlink is just another uh kind of cog in elon musk's like power techno grab king. <laughs> the techno king so i i am at the end of the day, I'm for it because, you know, the the allure of all the good it could bring. I mean, you literally just need the devices and you can have instant high-speed access to any information around the world, no matter what time of day or what weather. And I honestly think that telecommunication companies have largely abused and used uh their customers for a long time i mean shoot the only reason why we got fiber optics in this country is because google decided to lose money on a project that got the process starting and then they're like okay okay shit 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 okay we'll start doing fiber optics because now it's out there in competition and we're gonna get completely ran over unless we jump on that train so starlink just ups the ante and it forces all those telecommunication companies who've kind of just been sitting in the past collecting their paychecks to look forward. Now, that being said, uh, I know Blue Origin has the Kuiper Project, which is their version of the global broadband. I know the Chinese, there's uh, there's several uh, 
I don't know which Chinese company, to be honest. There's a Chinese tech company that's doing the same thing. So there's going to be competition yeah. out there. But I think it's important that the regulations stay up to date and follow it because we could go bad places yeah. if left unchecked. Could not agree more. Well, do you have anything else that you want to add before we go on to the be kind? Uh, I think we should probably get into our section of the episode, our hour-long section where we talk about different hamster foods and how they affect those little critters. um, As the hamsters say... (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that shit. All right, we'll talk (laughs) soon, and we'll be right back with you all. Yo, Ryan. Yo, Hit yo, us yo, with yo, that yo, yo, Well, in the interest of our episode today, um, we would encourage everybody to reach out to someone that you have not spoken with in some time. And that is possible because of our sponsor, Starlink. The internet, Starlink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, and the reason why we say this is because, you know, given the pandemic and everything that's been going on, um, it if you have a friend that you haven't heard from in a while or a family member that you haven't talked with for a while, it'd be nice to just extend out a message and, and say hi and see how they're doing. Um, one thing that I will say is <laughs> throughout this pandemic, I think I've realized how introverted I really am. Um, I... I love spending time with my friends and I've missed hanging out with Jim and, and several other people, but I don't haven't really missed giant social gatherings and being out amongst people all the time. Um, working from home and things like that has been nice, but, um, but I will say it's still just really nice. One of the things that has kind of kept me going um, from my friend fix throughout this time is that Jim and I have been able to do this podcast and we'll continue to do it even after the pandemic's over, but um, that we've been able to do that. And and that is possible because we've been able to use the internet. If you would have rewinded 20 or 30 years ago, we would have been able to call each other on the phone, but we wouldn't have been able to record and share it with other people or, or collaborate in the way that we have been. And, so I, I I'm very watch Blarkin songs for that. together, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. We've even been able to watch uh, some shows together um, offline. So it's it's cool. Um, but yeah, that that's what the be kind is for today uh, is to just reach out and and say hi to somebody that you haven't said hi to in a while and see how they're doing, and um, it it might give someone an, a much needed boost um, if they're feeling isolated or lonely. So. Anything else that you want to add, Jim? That was well said, Ryan. I I have nothing to add to that. That was beautiful. Well, that's very kind of you. Uh, I'm excited. Jim's got a recommendation this week, and we will be right back with that in a few moments. <laughs> I was gonna, gonna say something and then I was gonna wait for you and I think we yeah, did this exact being, <laughs> being a gasp of yeah. uh, dying. Uh, dying. Oh. oh no, I just started to knock on the door. It's uh it's one of the Starlink agents. They heard me talking trash on it. Oh wait, that was, just, away. that was just gas. I'm good. Oh, uh, okay. Good deal. Jim what do you got for us for a recommendation? I, this week, am going to recommend a delicious, wonderful, nutritious, scrumdiddlyumptious way of, produ- of making salmon. Ooh, okay. Is it something that you've made recently? I have. It's also okay. an original recipe, Whoa. but also I did get influence from uh, a former manager of mine. Uh, So, 
This is like a sweet, savory, yummy, uh, pan-seared salmon. More specifically, cast iron. Ooh. Um, and it's super quick, super easy. You want to get uh, non, or you want to get like fresh salmon from the grocery store. You really don't want to use frozen. It doesn't quite hold up to the heat of of the cast iron that well. Um, make sure you get a fillet with skin on it because it's important. It helps keep the moisture in. Um, so for marinade, you take. And I don't have the exact measurements, but I'm, it's like a it's like a cup of soy sauce, uh, half a cup of balsamic vinegar, or apple cider vinegar. I mean, you can really use any vinegar. Mm. Um, a half a cup of honey, a little bit of ground ginger, like I'm talking like a half a teaspoon teaspoon, uh, about a two teaspoons of garlic two teaspoons of onion powder um about a half a bundle of chives like chopped up really really fine a red like a half of red onion cut up also like diced a can of pineapple crushed or minced, however you want it. Just want to get it nice and small and get the juices out. Um, if you want the juices in the marinade, you're not. Don't throw the juices out. That's important. Um, and then I like to put a little. I like to spice it up a little bit. So uh, smoked paprika and cayenne. Ooh. So about a tablespoon of smoked paprika and about two ta- teaspoons of cayenne give it some heat uh and then also i like to mince up some cherry tomatoes and then you just throw it all together in a bag let that baby sit for 30 minutes to like well however long you want to let it sit because you know how four or five days yeah yeah about 36 days i think (laughs) it'll be it's a dry age (laughs) salmon Uh, so when you got it out of the bag, or when you're ready to cook, you you take your cast iron skillet, oil in. You want that oil to start shimmering and almost smoking, and you want this at about medium, medium high heat. You want it hot, but you don't want it like where you're gonna burn your salmon before the inside is cooked enough. So it's about medium high heat. Uh, flesh, like the flesh side down first. Ooh, that sounds weird. Uh, the meat side down uh, <laughs> on the pan for about two minutes. Then flip over to the skin side and let that sit for a, or let that cook on that side for about four minutes, three to four minutes. And the end result is a nice uh, caramelization on the outside and then those like that pineapple the onion the chives the tomato all kind of like adds the complexity of flavor in the pan as it sautés because you want to you want to like toss a little marinade on it while it's cooking really adds to it and so the end result is like almost this like this seared candied salmon that is a little bit crispy on the outside but gorgeously like moist and flaky it's almost mm. it's like almost like a medium rare in the middle like it's that cooked ish really good um and then it goes super well with like uh vegetables in the oven like if you just like uh toss asparagus spears in oil and then like garlic salt and then like similar way uh potatoes potato wedges cook them in the oven while you're doing the salmon and everything kind of like when you're done with everything all comes together at once and it is a super enjoyable meal it's a delight love it that sounds so good now i'm 
I'm gonna go eat it. I'm gonna go make it right now. Go get that salmon, Ryan. I'm already cooking it. <laughs> While you were explaining it, I was marinating it for 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I love it. It's my favorite way of eating salmon. No, yeah. that does. It sounds so good. I'll definitely definitely try it. Do you think that marinade would translate to other things like oh, pork yeah. or chicken. chicken? White meat. Yeah. White meat for sure. Uh, pork or chicken. Ooh, it'd be really good on pork. I was thinking um, of like tossing that in an instant pot. And oh my god. Then throwing that on some tacos. Blowing. Yeah. Oh my god. And then like I mean, flake, like and then like it's and forking it at the end and like uh, shredding it. Dear so Jesus. Good. Save us. <laughs> I can't see me right now, but I'm waving. Uh, <laughs> Elon, fan, save us. Yeah, to Techno King, take us away. Um also, I just want to make a little aside. Blarkin Sons. Uh, it's a little <laughs> YouTube series uh, directed by Adam Azaroff and Ben Bayoff. It is fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is weird and, 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 and strange, but it is super creative, super simple, and <laughs> it's and just really fucking weird. Yeah, it's really funny. funny. Yeah. Um, Agreed. I, I can uh, endorse that as well. Very, very but funny. That is my recommendation. Well, thank enjoy. you, Jim. I hope that all of you uh, enjoy making Jim's suggestion, but also, you know, throwing your own spin on it, too. If you like, right. if you like more of a certain ingredient, feel free to experiment and uh, let us know keep us posted yeah and as always thank you for for being here and jim as always really great to speak with you and we'll see you all around take care see everyone on the next episode on the next episode Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as Jim and I enjoy making it. If you'd like to subscribe, we will be sending out future content uh, within the coming weeks, months, and years. So feel free to do that, and we'd love to have you around. And Ryan, don't forget we're on social media. Oh, that's right. We are on Twitter at ExpandMind, be kind, and that is the letter B. Uh, And then uh, we are also on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, it's uh, expand your mind and be kind at gmail.com. Yeah, send us questions or any thoughts that anyone may have, and uh, can't wait till the next episode. Like Dr. Dre. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>